and I thought, I know how to become a photographer. And the answer was simply, just start, just be a photographer. I do creative projects often without knowing where they'll lead, and I quite enjoy that sense of adventure. Often, you know, the response is, that's not how we do things around here, and we never get change. And welcome to The Common Creative. I'm Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And we're on a mission to understand and share the tools and techniques of creativity so that they become as ordinary and everyday as a paperclip. Now, Chris, today you're going to tell us a story that involves a bridge. That's right. We're calling this show Build a Bridge um, because... Uh, this story is about a moment in my life that helped me start to do something new. And it, it dates back about 10 years. And I was a busy executive uh, trying to build a career, doing my best at work and best at home. And I'd been harboring this desire to become a photographer, to do something much more with my photography. And I'd never quite understood how I was going to make this happen. And it was gnawing away at me. And as it happened, I used to ride to work on a motorbike. And I'd live on the North Shore, go across the Harbour Bridge, which is the bridge in question. And uh, this particular day, I was riding home. And if if you've ridden a motorbike, you'll know that when you've got your helmet on, it's a great moment to think because there's no radio on a motorbike. And you can hear your own breath as you ride around. And I was thinking how do i how do i become a photographer is this ever going to happen or will there never be a moment where i can actually do something with that and it's a beautiful summer's evening and the traffic was flowing freely and i got up on top of the harbour bridge i could see the ocean in every direction and a, a penny suddenly dropped for me and i thought i know how to become a photographer and the answer was simply just start, just be a photographer. Uh, it wasn't a case of going on a course. It wasn't a case of, uh, you know, somebody else leading me through it. So I got home that evening and the first thing I did was called up a, a beautiful model who I'd admired for some time, wanted to work with her. And I called her up and said, I'm booking a shoot and does she want to uh, work with me? Um, and she said, yeah, I'll check my calendar and see if we can um, find a time. And so then I had a, a bottle lined up. I called a glamorous hotel. I had a beautiful pool top, um, a pool in the top floor um, with a view over Sydney Harbour. And I said, well, I've got the shoot. I've got an amazing model. I just need a great venue. And the next thing you know, they're saying, yeah, sure, you can come and shoot in our pool. Um, and a couple of other people, makeup artists and so on. Uh, and suddenly there I was photographing a beautiful model in this glamorous location. And it had all come from this moment on the Sydney Harbour Bridge when I thought, just start. Just do it. Don't wait anymore. Get on with it. That's fantastic, Chris. Actually, it reminds me a lot of the story of Chase Jarvis, the American photographer who who started Creative Live, the site where lots of creative lessons and courses. But he and he called it "Make it till you make it," uh, rather than the old "Fake it till you make it." And, and that's obviously what you were doing. You were you weren't pretending. You were just going out being a photographer. Uh, it's, you're absolutely right. It's 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 a mental shift. You know, what's the difference between a, a photographer and a not photographer? And it's simply what's in your mind. You know, I, I I'm declaring now I am a photographer. Um, in fact, there's there's that wonderful book, Atomic Habits, and we may need to look up who it's by. Um, and clear, clearing, clearing. Um, no, James, James Clear. James Clear. 
James Clear, who, and he says, don't set goals in terms of, I want to, like, sort of quantifiable goals. I want to run a marathon in this time by this date, or I, I need to uh, earn this amount of money or achieve this status in my career by this date. They're, they're not productive ways of setting goals. It's about the mindset of, I am going to define myself as an athlete. And once you've done that, then then the, the times improve and, and you become uh, who you you achieve those targets uh, so it's better th- it's the mindset of i am an athlete i am a photographer that that determines how well you do uh, I, I, uh, i've tried that chris with uh imagining myself as uh, or defining myself as a thin person it hasn't worked for me so far <laughs> you're looking in the wrong mirrors that means <laughs> no i the, think um, i think james clear would say that you exactly what you should do and maybe it's just a question of time and looking at you i know we're on audio but uh, you're certainly not a fat person paul <laughs> but chris what i'm interested your ambition you know you said you wanted to improve your photography did you have ambitions to be a professional photographer uh do you know not really i mean today i'd call myself a photo artist and i, I certainly wanted to be able to embrace photography much more as a creative outlet. The reason I didn't want to become a professional photographer is because the risk is you end up chasing the dollar and and you're you're churning out weddings or you're you're kind of on a treadmill and for me it's very much a creative outlet so i wanted to be somebody confident to take the shots that he wants to take um command the kind of authority to get other people to help me with my uh, creative work but not necessarily not classic professional photographer a lot of people ask me why don't i turn pro and, and that's the answer is i don't want to have to chase dollars i want to use it as a creative outlet Actually, there's a very interesting uh, guest that we're trying to line up, Shantanu Starik, who had a project called The Pixel Trade, which had the motivation behind that of following photography but didn't want to become his career because he loved it so much. So that's really interesting. Chris, tell me, did you ever come clean with the model? (laughs) you're a fake (laughs) that's a great question um and do you know there was never anything to come clean about because i think from that moment on the harbour bridge i became a photographer so so it wasn't a case of look i i i'm not a photographer but i'm hoping you'll you'll kind of uh, help me out with this fake idea that i've got um it was a case of you know i am now a photographer and i am looking to to sort of start this project and i do need people to work with me um there was a lovely moment i do remember one of the things on a, on a any kind of big creative project, especially a photo shoot, is there's a lot of faffing around as makeup artists and wardrobe and there's sets and there's light and so on and so on. And I'd pulled all this together, and there was there was a sort of period when there was lots of activity happening, but there was actually nothing for me to do. I had to just wait till till it was ready. And I remember sitting back and looking at all, all this and thinking, I pulled all this together, and it well, here I am, and I'm just relaxing and enjoying, soaking up the atmosphere. So I did have a moment of reflection and a sort of inner smile about it. But no, I didn't have to come clean. I didn't. I, I'm relaxed about that. It wasn't the case of coming clean because I, I was a photographer from that very moment. So have you worked with that model since? Yes, I have. Um, I mean, the, the shoot went brilliantly. I, I still, to this day, proud of the shots I got. 
Um, and I worked with her a number of times. Um, there was great chemistry between us and, and the shots I was doing were great for her portfolio and, and I was really happy with them for my portfolio. And she's since gone on to launch her own swimwear brand. She's quite a successful international designer now. Um, so we both got lots out of it and it wasn't a financial thing. No, there was no money that changed hands. Um, so, yeah, it, it was the start of something for her and the start of something for me. I think, uh, Chris, you said we're going to uh, call this Build a Bridge, but I think we should be calling it We Will Cross That Bridge is Actually, maybe a, a, better, a, a better saying, a better it's cliche. A, it's, a mu- it's, a, it's a much better title, you're right, because I think a lot of people have inside them this, um, one day, I'm going to, I'm going to. And really that was what was gnawing at me. And I, I did finally work out the answer, which, which was you just start. The, and the, all of those barriers, you know, I can't do it because I'm not good enough, or I can't do it, I haven't got the qualifications, or I can't do it, I don't know the right people, I can't do it because there are no venues and so on. All of those things are actually in your head. And once you make that decision that it, I am a photographer, suddenly it comes together. It's, 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 it's amazing. <laughs> got a couple of more questions. One is, did it, did it cost you anything to do that besides the – photography gear that you had yeah it, it cost me absolutely nothing um the the deal with with the model was was that it's called tfp where you change t- uh, t- time for print so she got some photos for her portfolio and i got some photos for my portfolio um the hotel i called up there was there is a there was a little bit of um let's call it gift wrapping of the idea when i called the hotel i deliberately my voice dropped and it's important to just have that sense of I've done this a million times before and I'm, I'm booking a shoot and I'm looking for a venue and I understand your, your pool could be good. Can you avail, Can you tell me is it available on Tuesday? I've got some talent lined up and so we'll need the pool for about three hours. Have that kind of very confident tone and, and they went, okay, we'll look up for you. Um, so they gave me the venue for free. I think they might have had the impression we were going to shoot for a magazine. Um, uh, I never told them we were, but, uh, but I, they might have got that idea. Um and so no money changed the hands at all. Uh, and that, again, I think that really helped. Everybody that was involved was keen to produce a great output for the creative project itself rather than I'm just here for the cash and get on with it. And so it, everyone was contributing their own creativity. What was your next steps? What did you do after that? Uh, in the short term, I, I just did more and started to build up a kind of a portfolio of images that that um, sort of that did two things. Firstly, reflected the kind of style of photography I wanted to do, but also were always sort of stretching me and, and pushing me to, it allowed me to make, to explore different creative ideas. Uh, I've ended up in a, in a sort of very different place. I mean, uh, you've, you've seen some of my work. It's quite, some of it's quite, it's fantasy work. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, a lot of people call my photographs paintings uh, because they're, created both in camera and in the computer so it led me to a much more creative and a much more um a less classical photographic output so it, it, at the time i didn't know that and even now I, I i do creative projects often without knowing where they'll lead and i quite enjoy that sense of adventure when i'm creating so when did you when did you first exhibit your photos after after that first shoot about uh 
Oh, it'll be years later, three or four years. The first set of photos I did were kind of classic fashion-y glamour shots. Uh, they're the kind of shots that, 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 that the kind of a lot of men, male photographers want to take. Beautiful girl in a beautiful swimsuit on an amazing location. So in that sense, they weren't the lots of, kind of shots you can exhibit. But I started to work underwater. I swim in the ocean. I started to sw- uh, to think about underwater photography. And then I discovered what you could achieve when you're working with a model underwater. Uh, it's, a, it's an environment of photography not many people experiment with. And I suddenly discovered two of my passions coming together. And those are the first images I exhibited, underwater um, fashion photography. Mm. And Chris, I know you take a, a daily shot at Balmoral before or after or sometimes during your daily swim down there. What when did you start doing that in this timeline compared to when you had this photo shoot? About that's a it's a great question. It was actually afterwards, and initially the two were completely unconnected. Um, and I started this idea of shooting the local beach every day, um, almost guiltily, because I see myself as a photo artist. And the idea of taking a seascape to me. I'm not a sea, I don't see myself as a landscape or seascape photographer. And so I, I kind of just did it on a whim, really. Um, and it, it was actually uh, whilst I was swimming, and there's an interesting learning about creativity here, I was swimming along thinking about the underwater fashion work that I did and my swimming and how you could connect the two. And I suddenly thought, oh, I, I know I can, I can, using the compute digital uh, techniques, I can take these underwater models and put them into the seascapes that I take. And that's how the mermaids of Balmoral were born. I suddenly realized, why wouldn't mermaids fly around the clouds of my local beach? Of course. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very interesting, Chris, that your first epiphany was on a bridge over water and your second epiphany, you had no bridge and you are in the water. Uh, no, I, I, but I think the two are totally connected. That They're both moments where my mind was very relaxed. Um, I, I, mean, I love the water. I think it has huge power. So, but, but, yes, when that mind is in that kind of slightly dreamlike state, which happens when you're swimming. Uh, I, I swim because of longish distances, and so your mind tunes out. Just as on a, in, when you've got a helmet on, you're on a motorbike, and you tune out, the the brain goes to new places and it's very exciting the way that works. And it's interesting if you're a business person trying to be creative, there are very few moments when you allow your brain to do that because it's all about what's next time on the agenda. You know, we're behind schedule. We've got to do more. And, and the brain doesn't have that ability to wander, which is when I think the magic happens. I see. It's, um, it, it's interesting. I don't know how safe it is uh, on the, on the bike with your mind wandering, <laughs> but, but it, but it is curious Alan DeBoten, I've ever read uh, The Art of Travel, and in that he talks about he finds his most creative time is in a plane because he is. it's the opposite of being grounded. You know, you have, you have no home, you're in the middle of the air. Uh, and in some ways, you know, being in the water is the same. You're certainly not grounded, you're, you're wet. I think you're absolutely right. The two are very closely connected to... When you gaze out of the window of a plane, you just watch the clouds go slowly by. I mean, that's it's almost literally dreaming, you know, being up in the clouds. But when you're in the sea, you're immersed below the water. Uh, you're floating. There's no gravity. It's a very similar situation. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and I think the, your, your observation about, you know, again, in business, how often we do let our mind wander. And I wonder if in, in our current environment where there's 
you know, one thing that business people aren't doing that they did a lot of, which was flying, and whether that, in fact, is having an impact in this ability to detach and be more creative because we're all being grounded in the, you know, in the sense of the word, you know, the government has grounded us all at various times. Not allowed to go out of home. Good question. Uh, I think a lot of people are reflecting more because they're stuck at home and they they don't have that time lost when they're commuting. And the disappointing thing when people are on planes, I see them, you know, everybody sticks on the, the news or the stock market or those dreadful comedy shows that they put on. Um, so they don't spend that time looking out the window. And I guess what what I'm saying is it can be very productive to just let your mind wander. And mm. You wouldn't imagine looking out of the window is a good use of time, and I'm suggesting that absolutely can be a great use of time if you want to explore a creative idea. Yeah, that's that's great, Chris. I was wondering you, you talked about after that that shot, the shooting, and your progression. I'm interested to know what came before it. Like, what were you doing? Did you have a little box brownie or? What did you? Oh, the, what were you doing? I, I already had all the toys. I had lots. It's very easy to buy the toys. Any kind of passion you have, you know, cameras and all that stuff. I was, I was that guy, you know, shooting the family, uh, holidays, all those things. It's it, so many passions exist only when you're on holiday at weekends. So the kids growing up and the parties and things like that. Um, so I had the toys. I was doing lots of photography, but I'd never done it for its own right the idea of i will put time aside specifically to take photographs rather than oh there's a party happening i'll get my camera out and take some shots and i think every i'd established a reputation if you've got something happening chris will be around with his camera he'll get some good photos um but to say i'm gonna spend a day specifically to create these images and why do i want to do it because i do you know it's kind of (laughs) So, and I think that's a big, big leap to make is I'm going to spend time doing that rather than have it as an add-on to something else that's happening. Yeah, because, look, I think it's very interesting and I think about myself, I'm I'm an introvert, but I, you know, I'm on the edge of a group and I don't tend to grab a camera or my phone and take photos when I'm in a group because, A, because that would draw attention to myself. <laughs> so, you know, in part, but I, I know people that are photographers or or have that sense of, you know, documenting. That's what they always do, as you say. But some are photographers and some aren't photographers. But is there anything? Is there any sense that you have on that sense? That sense of, you know, your need to record. You know, like in that in that in the moment. Yeah, there's, I think there's two opposing forces there. On the one hand. I do think it's important to kind of document history, to to, to capture what's going on. And it's a little bit of something that says this is this is what we've done or this is what's happened. And uh, so I love that idea of capturing something. I, I suppose more than that, the photographer's more creating something. So there's a moment and I can make an observation through my camera about the way it feels or what it is so, so that you can share it with other people. The risk, of course, is you become, you hide behind your camera. You're not part of the moment. And, there are there are definitely occasions when I specifically leave the camera behind because I I want to be part of it rather than documenting it, mm-hmm. and I know I know of photographers who use their camera as a sort of shield. You know, I'm busy, I'm doing this photography thing, and then therefore they're not in the moment. Don't talk to me, <laughs> well, Chris. That, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's great. Look, I I sort of probably time for us to to wrap up the uh, in terms of you know the lessons. What what I heard was. 
a we will cross that bridge uh, and and you made some observations about about business but i think the really strong one is this you know make it make it to your make it and for business because yeah. often you know the response is that's not how we do things around here and never and we never get change so and sometimes you just got to you know it's it's back to the whole thing it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it's asked for permission let's just go and do it uh, and it applies equally to business. Um, do you have any any other observations? Yeah, about, the other uh, thing is, is about the power of letting your mind wander, whether it's up in an aircraft, in the ocean, when you're in the shower, or just after you've woken up. Those moments when there's clarity of thought and you're not cluttered by the day-to-day and the busyness, that's powerful stuff, and I would, I would say don't ignore the power of that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks, Chris. That was a great story. And uh, so that pretty well sums us up uh, for today. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please, uh, if you have a moment, give us a rating, uh, hopefully a high rating. If you have an extra moment, please give us a review. Uh, We'll be back next week with uh, another story and and possibly a guest. So uh, ciao from me. and, um, And thanks for listening. See you next week for The Common Creative. Okay, bye.